Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. How's everybody doing today, man? I just, I got to be honest, I am finally back in the saddle. I, uh, I was not feeling well for a couple of weeks and, um, I just, I went to, I just got back from Cobb County doing post-traumatic purpose at the, well, for Cobb County Public Safety Foundation. And, uh, what a wonderful experience that was being able to go there, man. I can't, I can't say enough wonderful things about the Cobb County Public Safety Foundation and what they're doing for their fellow emergency service workers and spouses and you know, when we walked in, I walked into that place. It was at their police training facility there. And it's an old Costco building that has been converted to, you know, police training. And I didn't know what to expect. I walk into this theater and I was blown away. I mean, this theater was amazing. I didn't want to leave it. Um, so anyway, we had two events uh, each day. We had um, several hundred people in there and Man, what a great time we had. And the more that I do post-traumatic purpose, the more I, th- I think that um, it's just that the more dialed in I get with my passion. And you don't get tired of doing the things you love. And I think you just get more passionate about it. And it's um, as hard as it is. I took a picture and I posted it on Facebook. I came back I, or uh, I was... It was like one o'clock in the afternoon, man. And I got in the bed because the truth is this, uh, I was, I I had COVID. I got over it. I I no longer had it, but I was still very weak from it. And uh, this was the second time I've had it. You know, I did multiple tests before I went, I didn't have it anymore. Um, but I was, man, I was so weak. I could barely stand up. And then I, so I had to teach these four hour sessions and part of me before I went, I just wanted to cancel because I just, man, I had no energy but you can't cancel on your people. You just can't do it. So we went there and we knocked it out. And today I'm finally having my energy back and I'm out of the gym. And I'm going to be honest though. I, I was so out of it for a couple of weeks. I didn't, I didn't take notes. I wasn't ready to, to do a podcast. So I'm just going to kind of talk. And you know, if I'm all over the place, it just is what it is. And I'll dial it back in next week or so. Um, here's part of a cool thing that I do. I want to go ahead and say this. My podcast does not represent the course that I teach, okay? And what I mean by that is I had a conversation with a young lady afterwards this week, and she was like, you know, we listen to your podcast, and we we didn't know what to expect with the course, and we thought it was going to be more like your podcast, but it was, she goes, it was surprisingly very professional, your course. And I just laughed, and I said, why would you say that? And she goes, oh, because you, 
you're really loose on your podcast and you're really laid back and you kind of don't give a, you know what? And I was like, yeah, it is. It's totally different. So if you listen to this podcast and you're curious what my course is about, it's two different things. There's, I don't curse in my, in my class. I mean, there's a couple of places where I do to drive an emphasis home on real live events that happened or whatnot, but I don't get in there. It's not a shit talking session. Yeah. It's, it's, it's extremely professional. And it's when I heard that, I, I thought I was like, wow, I wonder how many other people listen to my podcast are curious about that course that I teach, but think it's the same thing. So if you were ever at, like curious about the two, they're, they're nothing alike. All right. I want to talk about relationships. And I was, I meet so many people after my events, couples or whatnot, and you can tell they're struggling. Their marriages are struggling. I understand it. I've been there and it's just sad, man. And, and it, and it kind of sucks and, and, it, and it hurts to, to listen to people tell the same struggles that, that I'm familiar with when it comes to relationships. And it's not that anybody's bad in the relationship. It's just that the damage is done because usually the spouse that's in these businesses because of what they've taken on their entire life, you know, and when we come into this profession you know, these professions, we never, we never think, Oh man, I'm going to change and I'm not, I'm going to turn into something, you know, five, 10 years down the road that nobody ever, ever recognizes. But the truth of the matter is trauma will change your ass in a heartbeat. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, why do we try to hang on so much? Right? So when, when relationships are, are in that downward spiral, do you know that it makes it harder sometimes for an individual that's in a, in a relationship that they're trying to salvage when they're trying to manage all of these emotional stressors and strains and pains. And then when you throw that relationship on top of it, it makes it a lot harder. So why do we try to hang on to it? And I remember as a young police officer, I had no experience with being married, no experience with being having children. And I would always tell these grown men, and when I would stand there talking to men in their yard or women, I would look at them and tell them, you can't do this for just the kids. You got to be in it because you're in it. You cannot hang on for the children. They're going to see this. And I had zero experience. I just knew that that was the right thing to say. And looking back on that, who was I to give any kind of advice? Well, you know what? You fast forward in life, and if I were a police officer now, I could speak some words of wisdom to people. And I think what I would ask them is like, what are you holding on for? Why are you holding on to something that is not doing you any good? I look at I look at a relationship that's on the decline, right? And I look at it as alcohol. If, if we're talking about alcohol or substance abuse from a first responder, what's the difference between a relationship that causes the same problems? Why do you hang on to it? And chances are we hang on to it because we're familiar with it. We're comfortable with it. We know what we have in that other person. And the fear of not knowing is what keeps us in an unhappy situation. And then you throw kids into the mix. And unfortunately, guess what? The kids are a part of this now, and it makes it extremely difficult to move on in life when you're, when, when your babies are involved and you have those thoughts. You're like, if I'm a dad or I'm a mother, how am I going to be able to see my kids every day? How am I going to be able to maintain the relationship that I have with them? If I don't live there anymore, I don't get to tuck them in at night anymore. I don't get to see them off to school anymore. So you know what I'll do? I'll just suck it up for the kids 
and I'll stay in it for the kids and I'll be unhappy and I'm going to let my children see me unhappy and I'm going to let my children see my spouse unhappy. But what's going to happen is they're going to grow up and they're not going to witness what real love is. They're going to witness a false relationship and they're going to know someday in their life that their parents were not happy because of them. That's a hard pill to swallow. I think making the decision to end a relationship before you die, because we swear to that, you're going to you know, live with this person until death do you part, right? I think that the hard part about terminating that is many people are afraid of the optics of what that looks like. There's so many people that think a divorce looks like failure to them, right? They think that well, if I'm married, what are, or if I'm divorced, what are people going to say? What are my, what are the people in my um, circle going to think about me now? And it's ridiculous. Well, what about you living an unhappy, miserable life and raising your kids to to see that? Nobody has anything to say about that. Oh well, good on you for staying in a bad marriage and fucking up your life and fucking up your kids in the process. You can't worry about the optics. You cannot worry about what things may seem to other people. I say this all the time on this podcast. I talk about this in post-traumatic purpose. You have to live your life for you, not for anybody else. You do have to make decisions that affect other people like your children, but you can't do it because what they're going to think about you. You got to make the right decisions so it doesn't mess them up. There's so many people that stay in relationships because they feel like it's a failure. You, they, you know, they feel like, well, you commit to something, you got to stay with it. And, and I understand that. But if it is broken and you're out of options, well, what's the point? Where's the health in that? Where's the benefit in that for anybody involved? There's not. You know, people look at folks that, that change careers multiple times. They see them as failures too. But are they, are they failures for doing the things that they want in life? And when they, when they do something, they do the best they can at it. And they, they just can't give any more to that thing that they have. They change so they can revive themselves and get a new burst of energy. Does that make them a failure? Does it make them a failure because they didn't stay miserable their whole life? I know people that have worked in the same profession their entire life and they are utterly, utterly miserable. So that makes them a winner. And somebody that didn't do that a failure? Think about it, people. Sometimes you just, um, sometimes you simply outgrow one another. Sometimes you simply outgrow things in life. However old you are now, I guarantee you you're not the same as you were 10 years ago. And if you are, you you need to look in the mirror and do some adjusting. Hopefully you're growing. Hopefully you're growing in a positive direction. But if you're still the same person you were 10, 15, 20 years ago, that that's kind of a problem in itself. If you have the same mentality, I watched a guy today. I don't like throwing people under the bus, man, but I watched this guy, this Marine, he posted this thing on uh, Instagram and he was rah, rah and about killing people and all this and stuff. And, and this is a grown ass man now. And I'm sitting there like, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a former, I'm not former. I'm still a Marine, but I was an active duty Marine. And I don't think like that anymore. I don't, I don't think about, hurting people, you know, there's a, there, that's okay when you're 18 and you're in the machine and you're in the Marine Corps and that's your job to think that way. But when you're a grown ass individual, you know, 
25 years removed from that and you're still thinking the same way, what the fuck is wrong with you? That tells me that person has a lot of problems that they've never, they've never worked through. They've never worked on. Um, they're still stuck in a time in a time warp that they're stuck in a time where they felt purposeful in their life. And I, I understand that. I know what that's like. And it's a, a lot of people when they relive the glory days, right? That's what that is. They, they don't have anything to be proud of at the moment. They don't have any accomplishments that make them proud right now. So they have to reflect on the past because that's all they have. And I'm not, I don't, I know that sounds like a dick thing to say, but the problem is you live in the past, you die in the past. You have to let the past be the past. If you want to grow and you want to become healthy and you want to become successful, look towards the future and stop worrying about the past. The past doesn't define you. It's a part of you. And yeah, you did some things. But look forward because there's a whole world of accomplishment out there waiting for you. I'm excited about what's to come. I'm not afraid of it. Like, you know, the problem with me is it doesn't come fast enough. And I'm, I'm constantly like challenging myself. Like, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I got And I'm like, wait a minute. Just pump the brakes and enjoy it, dude. Just pump the brakes and enjoy it. I'll circle back to what I was just talking about with people growing apart and things. If you ever noticed a tree, you ever see those trees that are surrounded by shade and there's like a little bit of light coming through in one, one area of the forest or whatnot. And that tree grows in a weird shape because it's growing towards the light. Right. And I think that's what we as people do. And I think that we gravitate towards, towards things that we know are, are better for us or beneficial for us. But we also make excuses to not hurl ourselves into that light. We do everything we can to stay familiar and to stay comfortable with what we have versus just letting yourself go and and completely just grow towards that light. And that's what I encourage people to do. If you have a little bit of light in your life, gravitate towards it. It'll show you the way, man. It's beautiful. I guess what I'm trying to say is when you know things in your life need to change, change them. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. I get it. I'm, I I am the pot calling the kettle black. I'm telling you right now, like I understand how hard it is to make certain changes in life. I get it, but do everything you can to make the best of your situation. And if you can't make that situation better, don't make it worse. I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking about your personal life. I'm talking about your career. I'm talking about your mental wellness. I may have said this in the past, but I'm going to say it now and it's going to, it's going to stir a pot and it's going to stir a pot with some people. (laughs) And I'm not meaning to do this, but I got to speak the truth. I, I don't believe for my personal from my personal experience, I'm not a believer in, in medicine. Okay. I'm not a believer in antidepressants and all this stuff. I was having a conversation with someone and I may have spoken about this on one of my podcasts recently, because this was a recent conversation. And this person said to me, you know, have you heard of the new psychedelic treatment that's going on? And I, and I was like, yes, I have heard of it. I don't know much about it. I'm uneducated on it. I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you I'm ignorant when it comes to, um, supplements for mental health because I refuse personally refuse to not take any. And the reason is this, have you noticed in life and society, 
we have gotten lazy over the years, right? We always want somebody or something to do the heavy lifting in our life. We always do that no matter what it is. We, we, we try to take the easiest path in life, a lot of us. I've never been that way. I've never been afraid to carve my own path. I've never been afraid to do the heavy lifting. And that's what I'm getting at when it comes to um, pills as far as you know uh, antidepressants. For me, I'm not saying this is for everybody. I feel like I have to do the heavy lifting. I have to know what that's like because if I don't, I'm going to become dependent on something else or someone else doing the work for me. And when someone always does the work for you, if something does the lifting for you, what does that teach you? How does that teach you how to grow? You know, I talk about post-traumatic purpose and I talk about when I was diagnosed, I was ashamed of it. I was, I was beat down. I felt like I was a weaker version of myself and I wasn't proud of myself. Fast forward many years. I wouldn't change that. Being diagnosed with post-traumatic or being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress, it allowed me something. It allowed me something in my life that I needed. It allowed me to grow beyond the man that I was becoming. You see, had I just accepted that diagnosis, diagnosis popped a bunch of pills, I'd probably still be the same guy I am today, just a lot more numb. And I would not have been able to grow leaps and bounds beyond where I was as a human being and as a man. Am I perfect? No. Do I still have shortcomings? You're damn right I do. But I know how to work through those shortcomings. I can fix those without the magic pill. Now, do I think medicine benefits people? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I think it does. The right people. Do I think it's necessary for every swinging, you know what, let me back up, for every single person that's diagnosed with post-traumatic stress? No, I don't think a pill is necessary. I think too many people become dependent on it. I'm just saying, give yourself an opportunity to put in the work and do the heavy lifting and do it well and do it until you can't do it anymore and then do it some more. And you know what? And after that, then do it some more. And then if you can't do it, get some help, get that spotter, like at a gym, right? When you go to the gym, a spotter is just there to help you. They're not there to lift the weight for you. So get in there and pump out the reps yourself. Max out, max yourself out in life. Know where your limits are. Know what you're capable of, dude. I see so many people just give in so many times. I've seen so many of my friends take medicine when they really probably didn't need it. And now, 15 years later, they're still on it. Their lives, a lot of them, are still in the same spot they were. Some people become better for it. This is going to, this is going to, a lot of people in the, um, in the medical community, they're not going to like this. I've talked to doctors. I've had doctors prescribe shit to me and I didn't pick it up. I didn't take it because I didn't want that. I want to learn about myself. I want to know when my brain goes down this alley, when I'm, my brain goes down this dark alley and it seems like it's never going to stop. What are the things that I can do? to turn a light on for myself. How, how can I reverse my thinking to where this alley is not so dark anymore? How can I reverse my thinking to where it's like I have night vision goggles on? Yeah, it's still dark, but I can still maneuver down this alley safely and I can see the obstacles in front of me and I can anticipate the threats in front of me. That's just how I choose to live, live my life with this stuff. You know, it's, um, I talk about bottoming out all the time on a roller coaster and it's my week. Guess what? 
I'm starting to get a little bit better. I've had a, a, a bad couple of weeks. But I know it's a waiting game. you got to wait it out. But you can't just sit there on your ass. You actually have to work too. And I know the work that I have to do to get to the spot I'm, I'm back at today. I'm back in happy land today. I'm finally feeling good. I'm, when you get sick, it doesn't help because you, you got to lay down and you're miserable and you're tired and you're hungry. But I knew this morning, I was like, I got to get my ass back in that gym regardless of how weak this, this, this appearance is going to be. I got to go do it because it's going to get the blood flowing. It's going to make me feel productive and I need to go out and conquer the fucking world. And so we're back to conquering the world again until we get knocked back down again. I have a private comedy event coming up in Indianapolis and it's October the 12th. It's for the American Legion. And it's, uh, I wasn't going to do any more comedy this year, but then when the American Legion reached out and it's for the commander's ball and I found out who it was for, I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to do that. So I'm going to go do that. And then the last one I'm going to do is in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And it's crazy because when I sit back and think of the milestones in my comedy career, when I think about just how far I made it, in comedy, it makes me smile. I look at all the doors that were slammed in my face. I look at all the people that treated me like shit. And I look at all of the emails that would go unanswered and all of the, the haters that I had like within the club industry. And it's, you know, for various reasons, man. And, and it's just, it feels so good to be past that point in my life, but it does make me smile when I look back and I look at the journey that I had and I I stopped for a second and I'm like, man, why do you want to get out of this? And I'm going to tell you why there has never been a time in comedy, no matter how much fun we had, where I feel like that event, as soon as I got off stage, changed somebody's life. I'm not saying that people didn't have a good time. And oh my God, you helped me forget about things for a few minutes and I got to laugh and then I got to go back to whatever it is I have to go back to. I'm not saying it didn't, didn't help in a, for a moment, but when I tell you about post-traumatic purpose and the passion that I have with what I do now, I could have never, I would, I would have never seen where my life was headed. And sometimes you just got to go with it. You have to, you can't force things. The universe is going to roll and you got to roll with it because it is going to put you exactly where you need to be. I mean, almost every time that I've done post-traumatic purpose, it impacts somebody in a way that they understand that something in their life needs to change for the better. And I hate being the person that is up there and afterwards people realize because of something I said, they're like, wait, I got to adjust something in my life to make it better because that means somebody's life wasn't in a good place. All right. What I'm getting at is this. After that event in Cobb County, we had a, uh, immediately had a police officer. There was a therapist there and see, so therapists go to these events too. peer counselors, go to these events, uh, peer teams, go to these events, doctors, um, chaplains, they're all in there. And at the end of the event, I had them all stand up and I told these first responders sitting in this room, I said, look around you, look in this room around you, look at the people that are here for you. And there must've been 20, 30 something people in that audience who were peer teams, who were clinicians and counselors and doctors and chaplains, people that are there for our own people and our own people sometimes don't even know that they're there. They don't know that that many people care about them. They don't know that that many people 
support their mission every single day. I know when I was on the job, we didn't have that. And it moved me to see all those people stand up and be able to point them out. And so I told that audience, I said, you need one of these people. They're here for you 24 seven. It doesn't matter. And I'll be damned if after that event, one of those police officers didn't walk up, grab one of those therapists and went out to his patrol car and they sat in his patrol car and they straight up did some therapy up in that car. Now I left, I knew what was going on. Um, somebody let me aware of it. Then I, when I was leaving, I saw it going on and I didn't go up and knock on the window and say anything, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. Like I knew comedy was done for me when, when you start getting, when those things start happening at your events, you know, you know what you're doing is helping and you know what you're doing is making a difference in people's lives for the better, not the worse. So whoever that gentleman was, he's been holding on to something for years and bearing it for years. And he finally realized it was okay to not be okay. It was truly okay. Like we hear that saying a lot. And I ask people all the time, is it, is it okay to not be okay? Is it really? Or is that just something we like to say? But he realized it was okay. And that, my friends, is powerful shit. And that's why I tell people all the time, look, it doesn't take Travis Howell's going around talking. We can all do this together. We can all, every, every one of you listening right now, everybody, you have a story and you have a story that will resonate with someone. It doesn't have to resonate with everyone, all right? But it will resonate with someone. And that's all that matters. If you can help that one someone understand that they can turn their life around, man, it is an amazing feeling. And that's why I encourage people to get out there and talk. I don't want to, I don't want to fucking travel the country for the next 20, 30 years of my life. You know, let's get out there and be resourceful. Y'all, y'all have a story too. get out there and pull your brothers and sisters to the side and talk to them. Open up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I love traveling and I love seeing everybody, but it takes a lot out of me too. And I need a break. And I'm sitting here. I answered four emails already this morning. It's 11 o'clock Four requests to come to different departments. That's just today. And that's every single day that this is going on. And I just, I can't keep up. And there's going to be a time where I just, I can't do it anymore. We have an extreme shortage of people that are not talking to one another. You don't have to develop a class. You don't have to be a world-renowned speaker or anything. Not that I'm saying I am. I'm just saying so you don't have to have all of this credibility to go talk to people in your own department. You know, you don't have to have been all over the world and all this shit. That's a, you know, I think a lot of people would like to do this, but they think, well, I don't have enough juice behind me. You don't, you don't even need juice. You need a pair of lips and just talk. When's the last time you actually went up to somebody that you know is suffering, right? Somebody that you know is not doing well. And you just sat down and you looked them in the eye and you said, you know, I know you might be having a hard time right now, but I want you to, I want you to know this. No matter what, I got you. And you can call me. You can talk to me. You can lean on me anytime and I'll be right there for you. When's the last time you've done that for somebody? And I guarantee you chances are it, it, a lot of you haven't. And I know there's some that, that have, but I'm serious. We know people that need us and we just, we let it go unchecked. 
Look, I really appreciate y'all being here. This is uh, this is going to be the shortest episode I think I've done yet. Um, it's just I, I'm being stretched in about a thousand different directions, and I'll be honest, I got behind because you know I was laid up sick for a little bit. Um, but I will be back next time and uh, next Monday, and I appreciate y'all being here. Until then, y'all be safe, and I love y'all. <laughs>